All right, let's stay right there in that moment. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? And as we come before God this morning, I just, I invite you to bring all of your circumstances before him right now. I invite you to bring the waves and wind in your life, the storm in your life. I invite you to bring your emptiness. I invite you to bring your discouragement. I invite you to bring your disappointment, your sorrow. I invite you to bring your loneliness. Whatever hurt it is, if it's just a a sense of emptiness, a lack of purpose, feeling of being stagnant in your life right now. I ask you to bring all of that before God right now and just simply say to him, God, it's yours. Here it is. Do something with this, please. Father, it thrills me that as we come before you with whatever it is, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, You receive everything that we bring before you. You are ready, willing, even anticipating our coming to you. And I pray that this morning, before we walk out of this place, we will be able to declare that it is well. Father, open our eyes this morning. Open our hearts, transform our minds, give us a clear picture of who you are and what you have for us today. I believe you have something tremendous to offer us today. Help us to receive well what our Father wants to give us. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was in sixth grade, um, I played the role of Charlie Brown in the musical, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And some of you have seen my Charlie Brown side in the past. I'm not bringing that out this morning, but one of the musical highlights of that performance was a song called Happiness Is. Happiness Is. Charlie Brown and his friends sang these words. I want to read them to you this morning. Happiness is... Finding a pencil, pizza with sausage, that was Snoopy, telling the time. Happiness is learning to whistle, tying your shoe for the very first time. Happiness is playing the drum in your own school band, and happiness is walking hand in hand. Happiness is two kinds of ice cream, knowing a secret, climbing a tree. Happiness is five different crayons. Catching a firefly, setting him free. Happiness is being alone every now and then and coming home again. Happiness is having a sister, sharing a sandwich, getting along. Happiness is singing together when the day is through. Happiness is those who sing with you. Happiness is morning and evening, daytime and nighttime too. And happiness is anyone and anything at all that's loved by you. 
I have a lot of memories that have come back as I was pulling this up of me being on stage singing these words in front of hundreds of people. It was, it's been quite a, a memory week for me, and you'll see that as we go. Now, I'm not sure that I find happiness now in five different crayons. I shouldn't be eating much pizza or ice cream. Climbing a tree will likely end up with me hurting my back. I do like walking hand in hand with my wife. I do enjoy being alone every now and then. But my quest for happiness looks very different now than it did when I was five years old. Do any of you remember the song, If You're Happy and You Know It? Have you ever cried happy tears? Do you have a happy place? What is happiness for us today? What makes you happy? Where do you find joy in your life? It's what we want, obviously. We all want to be happy. We all want joy. Joy is a very high value for us, and I think we expend a lot of energy trying to find that joy. And so this morning, I want to deconstruct joy together and reconstruct our pursuit of joy, and I believe that you're going to be encouraged by this. So think about what brings you joy. What is it that brings you joy? It's not, it's not hard to recall those things. I get joy from my family. My wife brings me joy. I can end each day happy simply because she's lying there next to me and she'll be there when I get up in the morning. My boys bring me joy on a daily basis. They do or say something that makes me happy. Our dog makes me happy most of the time. Even our two goldfish, Tupac and Biggie, make me happy sometimes. When things work, when things work, I get happy. I get joy from a well-executed day. A day filled with peace, laughter, people building each other up, family enjoying something that I planned. I get joy from that. I get joy from things like sunsets and sunrises. I get joy from a good storm. When circumstances are right, I'm happy. When things fall into place and the people around me and myself included are at our best, I have joy. When circumstances are right, we're happy. We experience joy together. So what is this joy and where does it come from? Let's start with the dictionary. I found this to be quite interesting. This is the dictionary definition of joy. Joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Now let me add to this the biblical definition of joy, and I want to show you an interesting contrast here. Um, I'm not going to disagree with this definition of joy. This is our experience, but we're going to see joy from a different angle today. The biblical definition of joy is this. Joy is a gladness. Yep, that's it. It's used as the opposite of heaviness or sorrow, but very simply stated, joy is gladness. And I wonder if you can see the contrast between the two definitions. I'm not going to make a big deal over this because we don't analyze the meaning of every word that we use in real life. 
But in the English language and from a cultural perspective, we see joy in a certain way. We have a filter through which we view and experience joy. From our perspective, joy is an emotional response, and it is. But culture's had an effect on us. Joy has become, for most of us, a conditional response. Joy has become circumstantial. If things are going well, if we are succeeding, if we are healthy, if we're having good fortune, if we get what we desire, if, 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 then, then we experience joy. And from a biblical perspective, I see something different. Joy simply happens. Joy happens. It's meant to be part of our experience as humans created in the image of God. God certainly experiences joy. The Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. As God experiences joy, so we were created to experience joy. Galatians 5.22 is referred to a lot, and rightfully so. Paul gives us a picture there of what's produced in us by having God's spirit in us. And right after love on the list is joy. Joy is a product, it's a fruit of God's presence in our lives. We have joy, it's ours And this is a perspective issue. If we have the Spirit, we have joy because the Spirit lives in us and awakens the image of God in us. He connects God's image to life. Let me clarify that a bit more because I think we miss this in relation to experiencing joy in our lives. Um, Behind me on the screen is a beautiful buffet. I call it the joy buffet. This particular buffet is an Indian buffet because Indian food brings me joy. So when I think of a buffet, I think Indian. But I know that's not the case for many of you out there right now who are going, ugh. So rather than leave this image up there, if you don't like Indian food, I'm going to give you a picture of a buffet that more people are likely to get joy from. That one. Maybe that's better for you. That on the screen there, I'm not going to turn around, but now I realize it's on the back screen too. That's not good for me. This is a toxic temptation for me. It's not diabetic friendly at all. So I'm going to keep the image of the Indian buffet in my mind, and you can look at this one while I talk. So here's what I'm seeing. Up here is a joy buffet. Right here is me and the Holy Spirit. And God lives in me because I've been adopted into God's family. I bear his image. I'm being transformed into a son that resembles Jesus. So God gave me his spirit to help make that process happen. And one of the spirit's roles in my life is to make me more like Jesus and to point me constantly to my father in whose image I was created. With the Spirit's help, I can stay focused on my Father, becoming so familiar with his face and his character that my desire to be like him grows every day. The Spirit is also with me to connect me to God's resources. So now let's bring joy back into the picture. Our earthly perspective on and experience of joy has pointed us to joy being a circumstantial experience. 
Good circumstances bring us joy. Bad circumstances steal our joy. Why? Because circumstances are unreliable. Circumstances change. For some, their circumstances are generally always good, and so they tend to be joyful people. And for others, their circumstances have brought them pain and sorrow, and they've stolen their joy. So it would be really easy for us to see the Spirit living in us and think that his role from here with us is to get out there in life and arrange or rearrange our circumstances. That's his job, so that we can experience joy. After all, God wants us to have joy, so why wouldn't he arrange or rearrange our circumstances to produce joy in our life, right? But that's not how the Spirit works. Nor is that what God has intended for us. Our Father wants us to experience joy, even a joy that cannot be stolen from us, and he has a plan for us, to do just that, and I want to talk about that plan for the rest of our time together this morning. God's spirit is here with me. He's here with you. He lives in me. He lives in us. But he's not here to order or fix our circumstances. No matter what my circumstances are, God wants to love me. He wants to use me as light in the midst of those circumstances. And his spirit is here to ensure that I experience joy, excuse me, joy in any and every circumstance. How is that possible? If our joy is dependent on circumstances, it is not Our experience of joy will be sporadic and we'll see some people experiencing more or less joy than we do, but our experience of joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Let me repeat myself. Our joy is not determined by our circumstances. Joy is an integral part of who we are. God's spirit in us means that we have joy. He produces joy. There is no outside force or circumstance that can rob us of the joy that comes with hosting God's spirit in our lives. Joy is not something that we work to earn. It's not something that we create using our amazing skills as amazing people. Joy is not simply removed from our experience because things have gotten difficult. God's spirit cannot simply be chased out by our circumstances. Our joy is not determined by our circumstances. Joy is here. Joy is mine. Joy is yours. Joy is God's gift to us. Joy is the Spirit's fruit produced by his presence in us. We have joy. And this brought another childhood song memory to mind. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Remember that one? Down in my heart to stay. How's that for theology for little kids? It lives here. Joy resides in us, in you and in me, because God resides in us. And his joy flows through the vine into us as the branches. All right, back to the buffet, which is now all I can think about. This is not 
This is not as vague as just believing that you have joy because God's spirit is with you. It's not how this works. I'm not going to leave you there. We're going to get through this as we return to the buffet. One of the spirit's many roles in our lives is to direct us to the source of all that we need. And in this case, we need joy. We need joy, and it's there for us. The Spirit, I believe, takes me away from this place of focusing on my circumstances and wishing that I could control the things that I can't and directs me to things that have already been ordered by God, by his Spirit, for the sake of our joy and well-being. The Spirit leads me to the buffet and invites me to feast on what has already been provided for me and for God's family. The journey that I've been on to discover the the concrete, concrete nature of this joy has been incredible. I love this. I can see the buffet, not just the Indian one, but the joy buffet better than I ever have before. On the buffet are tangible and intangible things, but all things that I can grasp and claim and find joy in. Now let me show you what's on the buffet. Let me point you to what's been provided for us. We have joy, church, and it's there for the taking. I've identified just 10 of the joy-producing dishes that are here for us. Uh, On the insert in your bulletin are the 10 sources that I'm about to introduce you to. And feel free to add whatever you want to what I've written there as I go, but please understand that these are things that we already have access to as sources of joy. That's pretty generous of our Father. He wants us to experience joy at any time under any circumstances. The first and so obvious source of joy for us is Jesus. It's Jesus. Peter wrote about this joy in his letter to the church. In 1 Peter 1, verses 8 and 9, Peter wrote this. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Inexpressible joy filled with glory. That's our response to Jesus when we truly see him. Look at who he is. Look at what he has done for you, for us. The wise men were filled with joy just by seeing the star that led them to find Jesus as a baby. The yet unborn John the Baptist leapt for joy in Elizabeth's womb when he heard Mary's voice. And I'm not going to hold you to that experience, but that is some pretty significant joy. The angels told the shepherds of a great joy that would be for all the people. The women at the empty tomb left filled with joy. Jesus' disciples were filled with joy when they met him after the resurrection. He brought joy to countless people who met him during his time on earth. James even said that we can find joy in sharing with Jesus in his suffering. It was the joy that was set before Jesus that drove his devotion even to the point of death on a cross. No matter who we are, where we are, what we're going through, Jesus can produce joy in us. He's Jesus. And he's our friend and our savior and our good shepherd and our king and our Messiah. And in the reality of who he is and what he's done, there is joy 
always available, always sufficient. But there's so much more. There's joy to be found in God our Father as well. In John 16, 24, Jesus invites us to ask our Father for what we need. And he said, if we do, the result will be the completing of our joy. In parables, Jesus spoke of entering into the master's joy, and that master is Jesus' father. It's God the Father. His joy is something that I cannot wait to fully experience when I see him face to face. In Luke 10, the disciples were sent out by Jesus, and they were given God's authority, and that power flowing through them produced great joy. At any moment of any day, joy is available to us through the endless source That is God. There's joy in his creation. There is joy in his power. There's joy in his presence. Even if he is invisible to us right now. There's joy to be drawn upon in the many, many stories of his faithfulness found throughout the Bible. There's joy in his mercy and grace. And if I just focus on my father, I find joy. Third on our list of joy resources is the other person involved in this conversation. We've been talking about him already. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, produces joy in us. In his first letter to the church at Thessalonica, Paul wrote about this. He saw that the church there had suffered much affliction, and what Paul highlighted was that the church had received the gospel, but that's not all that they received. They had also received power And they had received the joy of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit would strengthen them, empower them, give them wisdom and words, and fill them with joy because they'd been adopted into God's family. And one of the things that's grafted into us by the Spirit is joy. Also on this crazy good buffet, we find the kingdom, God's kingdom. And this kingdom is not like the kingdom we see around us This is not an earthly kingdom. It is an eternal kingdom, and it's different than the earthly kind. In Romans 14, 17, Paul writes that God's kingdom is not a matter of eating and drinking, the meeting of physical needs. This kingdom is about righteousness and peace, and he said, joy in the spirit. Looking around, we see the world's kingdom. It's very obvious. It's all about power and money and status and stuff. It's about your image and your possessions and your position in life. It's about your circumstances. And your circumstances cannot guarantee you joy, but the Spirit of God can. And we're invited to find the Spirit's joy in the eternal kingdom of God. And then there's a source that I refer to as truth. In Matthew 13, 20, as Jesus was teaching the parable of the sower, he pointed the crowd to the gospel being represented by the seed. It was the seed of truth. And Jesus said, that truth is received with joy. There's immense joy in the gospel. God loves us. Jesus died for us. We've been adopted into God's family. We're going to live forever with God, and I can feel the joy in that truth just saying it out loud. And I was told recently through something I was reading, preach the gospel to yourself every morning. Preach the gospel to yourself. 
A while back I gave you a list of statements from the Bible that describe who we are in Christ. That's truth. No matter what our circumstances tell us, those things are true and there is joy in that truth. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. There's joy in believing. Paul told the church in Philippi that he would stay with them after talking about how great it would be for him to be done with this life and move on to the face-to-face life with God. But Paul could not deny the joy that is to be found in faith, whether it's our faith or the growing faith of those around us. We can readily look at how we're growing in our faith in church. We can find joy in that. And then there's salvation. The whole picture of the world coming to saving faith in Jesus. There's joy in that. Paul and Barnabas were traveling together in Acts 15, and as they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, they shared with the church the stories of the Gentiles coming to saving faith in Jesus, and that brought the believers there real joy. I was filled with joy this summer as several of our students through VBS and mission trips and relationships came to accept and surrender to Jesus. That ought to make us glad. See stories constantly about lives being saved through the church, through our missionaries, through all kinds of avenues. Think about what No Longer Music has been doing all summer and how many hundreds of young people have surrendered their lives to Jesus. And at any point, under any circumstances, that ought to bring us joy. It's there on the buffet, church. Draw joy from that. Generosity is also a source of joy for us. Paul bragged about the churches in Macedonia in 2 Corinthians 8.2. He shared with the church in Corinth that under severe affliction, their abundance of joy overflowed into a wealth of generosity. That brought Paul and the church great joy. When we were in Puerto Rico a couple weeks ago, um, I got a very personal look at this kind of thing. I've seen this in in many places, and you're going to hear a bunch of stories from Puerto Rico on September 8th. There's a lot to share from that experience. There really is. Um, I worked at the house of an elderly woman named Rosa, and uh, we were there to help Rosa out for the week. And we ended up uh, painting the whole interior of her house. We ended up fixing up her yard, which had gotten completely overgrown. We did all kinds of work, and, and we, uh, we were able to converse with Rosa. She had enough English that we could have these meaningful conversations, and also she could tease Jamie, so that was a bonus for her. Um, that worked out really well, I think. Um, one day in a conversation with Rosa, we got, on, we got talking about the subject of artificial sweeteners, which was really odd, but somehow we landed there, and, um, and I didn't know where she was going with it. But she had a goal in mind. And she asked me if I liked Splenda. And I shared that I was a diabetic. And so, yes, I like Splenda because I had to eliminate sugar. And Splenda works for me. And so we were talking about that. And she kind of lit up. And she disappeared into her house. And what had happened at some point um, in her life, um, somebody had given her a large quantity of Splenda. <laughs> don't know why, don't know how. 
But when we looked, and because we were painting in her tiny little kitchen and stuff and her, her broken down appliances, I could get a very clear picture of what Rosa had. And Rosa had almost nothing. Rosa's very poor, very poor. She went into her cupboard where this cache of Splenda was, and she came back with a coffee jar filled with Splenda packets. And she could not wait to give it to me. And of course, sadly, my initial reaction is, no, no, I can't take that from you. You have so little. Very quickly, I was overwhelmed with her generosity. And it brought joy to my life. It brought joy to me. She needed to be generous and she got joy from giving and and I got joy from receiving it was a beautiful moment because generosity is a source of joy what else brings joy church unity unity brings joy Paul wrote this to the church in Philippi in Philippians 2 2 he said complete my joy by being of the same mind having the same love being in full accord and of one mind and believe me as your pastor chapel hill this brings me joy i thrive when my church is unified I'm joyful when my family is unified. I get joy from my kids' soccer teams being unified. I love to see unified marriages. I love to see people coming together around a common cause. I get joy from unity. After all, it's what we're made for. It's what Jesus prayed that we would be unified. There's joy in that. Finally, I want us to consider how much joy can be found in other people, especially within God's family. The Bible's filled with examples of this. Consider 3 John chapter 1, verse 4. John writes, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Paul, in his letters to Corinth, Philippi, and Thessalonica especially, openly de- declared the joy that they brought him They suffered together, they celebrated together, they comforted and refreshed each other, they grew, they stood firm, they were evidence and fruit of the gospel, they were God's glory, they loved, he missed them, he boasted about them, he prayed for them, he gave thanks for them. If you lost your joy, brothers and sisters, then please look around. Look around. God is present in these people. We are struggling together. We are celebrating together. We have comforted and refreshed each other many, many times. We're growing. We're standing firm. We are evidence and fruit of the gospel. We are God's glory. We are loving. I brag about you. I pray for you. I give thanks for you. This church family is a big source of joy for each and every one of us, no matter what we're facing or what our circumstances are like. God's spirit is inviting you and me to come back to the buffet and draw joy from all that God has provided for us. There is no need 
for us to live without joy. In fact, a joyless Christian is an oxymoron. That's a special kind of moron. An oxymoron, an oxymoron is a term that contains a contradiction in itself. Followers of Jesus do not live without joy. The buffet is always open. The spirit in us points us to the table where we can draw deeply on all that God has provided for us. I have a new appreciation for David's statement in Psalm 23 that God prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Even facing persecution, there is joy available, real joy, protected joy, joy indomitable. Our joy is not determined by our circumstances. Nothing can take away the sources of joy that God has provided for us. Nothing can keep us from experiencing joy except us. We can. We can stay focused on our circumstances and miss what God has for us. But that's not what he wants for us. God made us in his image to experience joy. And that joy cannot be taken away from us. Every time the joy is stolen, we're invited by God's spirit to go back to the table. Back to the feast set before us. Back to God's joy. Go there Quickly, go there expectantly, go there today and every day, go there now. And introduce the world around you to our source of joy. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up now as we close our service praising him for who he is and for all he's provided for us. Will you pray with me as they come? And again, as we're quiet and focused on God and nothing else, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you just to make a statement to God this morning. First of all, thank Him. Thank Him for being the kind of Father. who wants us to experience joy and who has set a table before you filled with all kinds of sources of joy that will never, ever be taken away from you. Thank him for that this morning.
this morning, if it's time to just say, God, I'm sorry, I've been so focused on my circumstances that I forgot that the fruit of the Spirit in my life is joy. And just ask him to help you focus on the buffet, on the table set before you in the presence of whatever circumstances you're facing. And determine in your heart and in your mind to take steps today, right now, to claim that joy that God offers us. Father, I want to thank you that in the midst of a world that produces bad circumstances, that produces difficulty, sorrow, heaviness, hardship, trial, illness, sin. In the midst of all that, you have set a table before us filled with sources of joy, true, deep, joy, things that will make us glad no matter what. And I ask once again that you would lift our eyes to see beyond our circumstances, that we would turn around and look at the buffet that you have prepared for us where we can go at any moment and draw joy from you. God, you've been so generous to us. And I ask, Father, that you would daily remove the power of the enemy in our lives who is trying to get us to stay focused on our circumstances, to draw our attention away from you, to make us think that you're not a good God, that you're not a good father, a great shepherd. Thoughts that make us think that, that, that this is it, this is all there is, and our experience is not joy. Our experience is misery and loneliness and sorrow and all these different things that are not of you. God, knock his power out of our lives. Through your spirit, point us towards the table. So that we can experience your joy and that that joy will radiate to the world around us. You're so good to us. We love you and we praise you for who you are. We claim the joy that you've provided for us. We claim your spirit's work in our lives producing that joy. It's ours. We thank you and praise you for this in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. Amen.